drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Trumbier, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what is going on? It is Wednesday, back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Eric Okri. We're serving up that Honolulu Blue-flavored Kool-Aid once again, and it's draft week. So, you know I'm excited. The DTO scouting office is ready to go. And today on the show, we're going to be doing dueling mock drafts with Joey Christopoulos from the Believe Podcast Network. He's here to talk all about it. Joey, how you doing this week? Derek, it's a pleasure to be back, man. I don't know. I'm drinking not just the Kool-Aid, but the hyperbole. I'm drinking a hyperbole shake. Could this be a franchise-changing draft for the Lions and the Bears? Could it be real? Could it happen? Drink it in, man. <laughs> oh, it tastes so good. Uh, draft, I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome, man. And like I said, there's lots of rumor innuendo going around about maybe Chicago and Detroit doing a trade. I mean, I'm praying that Mac Jones goes at three because Mac Jones should not go at three. I mean, you, you've got you've got Justin Fields. <laughs> is he going to go at four, five, six, or is he going to tumble down the draft board? Trey Lance, my guy, no idea where he's going. So many questions, so few answers. Just days away when people will be hearing this so we could talk all about that but I say we just get into our dueling mocks and and what I'm thinking we do Joey is just we'll, we'll go down this list and give our give our each of our picks sometimes we might agree sometimes we might have to battle it out sometimes we might talk about some trades that might occur and we'll just go back and forth work our way through round, round one for the people Super excited, man. Let's get into it. Uh, are we going to shock the world at number one here, or is this going to be pretty obvious? There, there's no shocking the world. It's been signed, sealed, and delivered forever. Yeah, Trevor no. Lawrence, there's nothing to talk about here. I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback pretty early in his career. I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence of the Jaguars, it's signed, sealed, delivered. No surprise. You know what's really funny, though? And honestly, we can even kind of probably skip to number two is Zach Wilson going to the Jets, where it's so funny where we're talking about all these different prospects, but we're not really talking about Lawrence and Wilson because we already know where they're going, which is kind of funny. There's almost like a mystery to Trevor Lawrence because we we just automatically assume that he's good and that he's going to the Jaguars. It's kind of funny that way. I mean, the guy's been great since uh, coming out of high school, basically. So the 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 wild card is is my boy Zach uh, Zach Wilson there from BYU. But like I say, he he looks like he came straight out of a pop vi- music video. He's gonna sell some T-shirts, some programs, and he can throw the football all over the yard. So yep, I got Zach Wilson quarterback going to the Jets. No surprise there at number two. So the question is, my friend Derek. What happens at number three, my friend? What are you thinking? What are the San Francisco 49ers who trade up so much draft capital to get up to the number three spot? Who's it going to be? What quarterback are they going to take? Joey, 
the San Francisco 49ers have lost their damn mind if they give up all that draft capital and they come up and they take McCorkle Jones from Alabama. Like, this guy, I don't, he looked like a complete cheese ball at his uh, pro days, just goofing around, acting like he's everybody's best friend. I mean, I don't see this guy being a top quarterback in the National Football League whatsoever. I see him being middle of the road. This is classic smartest guy in the room. Kyle Shanahan thinks I'd just throw anybody out there and with my offense yeah you could probably get away with it with Trey Lance or Fields but you take Mac Jones that's going to be a mistake but I hope he does it because that's going to push more players down to the Lions that's going to leave better quarterbacks on the board maybe when the Lions are picking for more trade options so please please go take this uh overrated overhyped player at three overall please do it yeah, it's really funny when it, the trade first happened, in my mind, the first thing I said to myself was, this is Trey Lance. This makes a ton of sense in the world. They keep Jimmy G for another year. Trey Lance isn't ready to see the field. He can kind of learn and get into the fold and then be ready to rock and roll that year after. All this Mac Jones news comes down the pipe that they're looking at him. And now in the final days, it's now down between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. I'm going to go against my initial instinct I think they're taking Mac Jones, man. And I'm with you. I don't think I agree with the pick. I think it's an overvalue. If we all remember, Bears fans certainly remember the very first mock drafts that came out after the season. Mac Jones was going to the Bears at 20, and now he's going to the 49ers at three. What the hell happened, man? What the hell happened? But I think the 49ers take Mac Jones. That's what I think the pick is going to be. I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't get how he climbed up so much. I, I don't understand what they see from an athletic standpoint. Okay, he had a good college season. He can throw it around the yard. Congratulations. I, I, I would love him playing in Chicago as well, just because that's your squad, and I think he'd be a bum there too. But yes, this is my swing pick, just because, like I say, if it is one of the better quarterbacks, I think this guy could tumble into the 15s or 20s. Seriously, it could be a 15 to 17 slot drop. If he doesn't go here. So I hope it happens. So we'll keep this thing moving. Pick four. This is really, you know, everyone seems to be set on Mac Jones. Now, could they be pulling the wool over everybody's eyes? I wouldn't put it past them. the draft begins, right? Yeah, well, I'm I'm saying there's still that thing that three could be that wow, like it's totally a different player. But four to me is the wild card because there's like four or five options I could see happening here. What do you have happening at four with the Atlanta Falcons or another team? I'm trusting what I'm reading and hearing right now. And I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. The situation is, sure, they could take Fields and they could take Trey Lance right here at number four, but the cap situation in Atlanta is so bad right now. Matt Ryan is owed a ton of money this year. He's owed a ton of money the year after, too, as well, and there's a ton of dead money that's going to go on that cap. They're already talking about maybe having to possibly trade Julio Jones, so what better way than to bring in that new shiny weapon for Matt Ryan for this year, maybe a quarterback for the future? I think they're going to go Kyle Pitts here, man. What say you? Kyle Pitts, I mean, that's the talk. Do you think Julio actually gets dealt, or is that just a lot of a lot of smoke here? I, to who, though, would be would be my counter to that. I mean, sure, he could be dealt. I think there's a lot of teams that would want to get him, but his contract is insane right now. And who exactly has that cash to throw around? And would it be that situation where would Julio just go to any old team, or would he have to go to a playoff contender? I mean, could, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars swing some sort of deal to make Julio Jones? On the on the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe, but I I don't know, man. I, I think that just seems like uh, there's a lot of smoke. Try and drive up his market value and just sort of see what happens. 
I, I, I don't see Julio Jones not on the uh, Atlanta Falcons next year. Yeah, they, they do have the cap issues. But before that, I had heard that, you know, the Falcons really wanted to go all in. You know, Matt Ryan is there for a couple years, basically, regardless. So the best way if you're going to keep him around is to sort of go for it. You know, keep Julio one more year, get Kyle Pitts. You know, uh, you got Ridley there. You've got, you know, figure out your running back situation. You got a good O-line. You know, defense has some ball players over there to some degree. So, I mean, that's sort of what I was hearing is that they would just go for it. So if that's the case, I mean, I guess I have Kyle Pitts going here. I think it's a nice trade up option as well. And they do have a new GM. Yeah, this is kind of Blair, Blair the horn. This is the first place where a trade could happen, right? This is the first spot where trades could go down. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And but they do have that new GM as well as a kind of a unique owner where I could see him just going for the. um quarterback you know just saying hey this is the best value this is our best long-term play so they could go that route as well joey i, I think i do have a soundbite i've been bruising through the sound bites trying to find some mac jones or find some other bits but we, we may have a draft horn here do you want to hear it yes i do <laughs> if we have a trade that that, that might be after the new sounder here on the show if, if trades go down but uh I'm going to go with Pitts here in my mock here at four just because I'm not doing trades, even though we will talk about them. So just go for it. Go for Pitts. If somebody gives you a crazy deal for Julio, fine. But if not, just try to outscore people in Atlanta, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And if they don't if they don't make that trade or they don't trade out of it, I mean, I think Pitts is a guy that's going to probably have a really great season next year for Atlanta. And then now we come to number five, Derek. I'm dying to hear what you think on this one because – I'm hearing, you know, this seems like a one or the other in my situation, in my, you know, in my viewpoint. So what do you think the Bengals do at five? Like you said, there's only been two choices talked about, Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase. You know, this is one of those things that's crazy with the draft. You hear so much groupthink. You hear all these, you know, it's going to be this guy for a long time. And then all of a sudden it starts to flip at the last second. I've, I've been on the train of Jamar Chase to the Cincinnati Bengals here just because I feel like it's too perfect to be able to pair up that wide receiver and that quarterback. Yes, I know he needs protection. Yes, I know that there's some other needs on the Cincinnati Bengals, but they've got some serviceable tackles. They've got some offensive skill. They put together uh, some young defenders last year. So you had a guy like Jamar Chase. They're going to be hard to deal with on offense. I think it could really help the team. And I think you can get by with serviceable O-lines. This guy's too good. And the connection with Joe Burrow is too good to pass up on. Man, we're still in agreement here. I'm with you with Jamar Chase. It just makes too much sense, right? Like Joe Burrow's old old buddy, the one-two combo of Chase and Burrow seems like something that Cincinnati Bengals fans will absolutely love. You know, Penny Sewell, this whole time up until maybe about, what, two or three weeks ago was the perfect prospect, right? And now all of a sudden you're hearing a little, like, talk about maturity issues. He's kind of slipping a little bit here and there. A couple mocks even have, like, a guy like Rashawn Slater going ahead of him. Of all the people that I've read about in this whole draft process, I mean, and I'm even talking about Trevor Lawrence, Jamar Chase feels like the only dude that I've read about where there is nothing Anyone says bad about this dude. This dude is ready to roll. This guy is a competitor. I mean, I think he could be, you know, a fantasy factor in his rookie season right off the bat. I'm sticking with Jamar Chase. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, he's a, he's a ball player, no doubt. I, th- I think that that is what goes down. If it, if it is Penny Sewell, it wouldn't surprise me. But either anybody but those two, 
And, and even if Kyle Pitts is there, I, I don't see that being as good of a fit as Sewell or Chase here at this point. Before we move to six, Joey, I, I kind of been looking for this. I thought I'd maybe just sum up what I think Mac Jones's career will be in one soundbite. You want to give that a hear? You want to give that a listen? You bring it to me. <laughs> this will be in Kyle Shanahan and Lynch's head for the rest of their life when they take Mac Jones three overall in the NFL draft. <laughs> oh, it's gonna it's gonna be that oh, sad horn like Mac all day. Jones. You did not no. like Mac Jones. No, not that's like like I said, it's so funny because I like I hate the player. I hate he's gonna go that high and like I'm rooting for it. Like you can't believe <laughs> for so many uh so many reasons. So oh, well yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're coming up I, on number six right now, my friend, the Dolphins. Yep. You're going to be watching this pick very closely because what they do here is really going to dictate. I mean, right now, this board's working out really great for the Detroit Lions. What do you think the Lions, uh, the Miami Dolphins are going to do at six to set you up here? Well, I, I want to say this. The fact that we have been in lockstep, as you said, and that we are just kind of going chalk here just reminds me that come Thursday evening at probably 9, 10 p.m. or 8, 10 p.m. or 9, whenever the draft gets rolling, this is going to go all haywire because this is never going to go this silky smooth. There's going to be somebody that jumps up to me, some crazy pick that just makes my jaw drop. It never goes down like this. But at number six, the Dolphins, I, I don't know what they're going to do either. I mean, they got wide receiver needs, edge. They could take another offensive lineman for all I know. They need all types of things even though I like their football team overall this is kind of like a luxury pick so I have them going with Jalen Waddle this kid out of Alabama and the reason I do full disclosure is because Jalen Waddle's the least player that I want for the Detroit Lions so if he goes the pick before oh. it, it would be it would help me mentally as well as like I don't care that he's crazy fast I think he's tiny I think that he's going to be great on a team with other weapons like I don't know the weapons they are starting to formulate in Miami or some of these other teams but I cannot see him coming to Detroit and being a dead set number one even though I have people on Twitter you can find me at Derek Oakery saying oh this guy's unbelievable he uncovers he's fast he's just a freak really because i don't see him being a top six seven eight type player even though that's where he might go so waddle to the dolphins just to save me a little bit of peace of mind for the time being i'm uh we're gonna go off the board here for the very first time i'm just looking at this and i'm saying to myself wow three quarterbacks and now three offensive weapons in the first six picks that just seems a little too neat and tidy to me I think at the end of the day, I think if they're if they're moving to six, no trade backs. You know, we're not doing trades in this mock draft here. They're sticking with Tua. I'm going to go with Penny Sewell on this one. I'm going to go with Penny Sewell at six. I think just at this point now, they have a wealth of other first round picks where they can take chances on offensive weapons. In terms of this draft, I feel like the wide receiver class is one of the deepest, if not, you know, it's got some depth on here. You can find some guys in the second or third round. And don't forget the Miami Dolphins have another pick in this round as well. So I'm going with Panay Sewell on this one. Just to shore up that offensive line, maybe give to a little couple more extra seconds to throw. And here we are. Ding, 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 ding. Number seven, <laughs> the Detroit Lions. I'm so excited to hear what you say. I, I, I want to guess, but I don't want to guess. I want you to just tell me. You are just you are crushing Detroit Lions fans hopes with that Penny Sewell pick. And they spent what three picks, I believe it was, on O line last year, the Dolphins. So 
I mean, there's so many ways the Lions could go. I mean, early in the process, I've been a big quarterback guy. I love Trey Lance. I, another guy from that school I shall not speak of that I like here. There's there's some wide receivers, which everybody seems to want for the Lions. But the late rising pick, I mean, with the seventh pick in the Detroit Kool-Aid mock draft, the Detroit Lions select... Penne Sewell from Oregon. This would be my favorite pick, and here's why. Because I feel like Penny Sewell is one of those foundation pieces. Whether he plays the right side now, maybe he moves to the left, he puts us from a good above average old line to possibly a top five line in the league that helps our run game that helps protect our quarterback that helps give our receivers more time to get open and get up over the top of the defense helps you in so many levels and it's kind of like that good first pick by the GM and Dan freaking Campbell it's like this is our new beast playing in Detroit rather than some fringe skill player so I know that's a new game speed offense I get it but if Penny Sewell is on the board, like I just think that makes more sense. You can go get a receiver and some other things other in other rounds, other years. But Penny Sewell would be a slam dunk if he's there, which he is in my mock. So I'm going to go ahead and take him. Yeah, I think that's I mean, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, God, you got to be so excited if that happens. Right. I mean, this is the guy that is the the consensus top offensive tackle off the board. You know, I, I'm a little torn here in this spot, too, as well. But I. Because I, you're looking at the Detroit Lions and you're like, wow, you know, they don't have a lot of receivers. What exactly are they going to do to give Jared Goff like an actual decent shot at perhaps becoming that long-term quarterback option, even if they are interested in that in general? But then I keep thinking it back to Dan Campbell, Chris Spielman. It all starts up front. So I'm going to go with Rashawn Slater. I'm going to go with the next guy off the board there and sort of stick with, I think, everything that you just said. I just think like a real good foundational piece. I think DeAndre Swift is the focal point of the offense for you guys heading into next year. So I'm going to go with Rashawn Slater. Again, though, let's keep saying it as a caveat. If this board works the way that we think it works and they're at seven, there's going to be so many teams calling up to the Detroit Lions to try to trade out of that pick. And now things get really interesting and you guys can continue to accrue maybe even more capital through this pick. But if you stay there, I wanted to say Devontae Smith, but I'm going with Rashawn Slater. I think... Those are both great picks. I think Slater would be welcomed pretty much here in Detroit as well. But the thing Detroit fans want more than either of those, to really be honest, is this. They want that sounder to go off. They want that that noise to go because we want a trade down. We want to accumulate picks. And like you say, if Justin Fields is on the board, if Trey Lance is on the board, if some of these fancy skill players are still up there, like let's go ahead and deal down. Now, if Sewell is there and you have a trade on the board, that's going to be a hard one for me. But I'm always a guy that likes picks. I think the more picks, the more chance to hit, the the more you can go get players at different spots rather than worrying about value spots. You can just be like, man, this great person. He fits on our team. Take him. So trade down is what we're really hoping for. But Sewell or Slater, everybody in Detroit would love. I mean, they'd, uh, they'd drink that in all day. Drink it in, man. So we'll keep this thing moving. We'll go a little rapid fire here now that we got the Lions in to get through this first half before I take a commercial break. So at eight, I got Slater going to the Carolina Panthers. I think it's another sneaky spot for either trade, maybe even a quarterback. But I would stay with Sam Darnold if I were them. What say you? 
So I'm with you. You think conventional wisdom, you know, Slater would be an awesome pick for them. Wow. A big, huge offensive tackle for Christian McCaffrey to run behind. What a great idea. Yes, right. they need wide receiver help here too as well. But I keep, I'm telling you, man, and this is not, this is not my vibe. This is just the people that I talk to with the Carolina Panthers. And one of them just so happens to be the Believe in Panthers host, Desmond Johnson, for the Believe Podcast Network that me and you both know and love and work for. The word out of Carolina is they're if a quarterback is there, they're taking a quarterback and they're going to double dip. And Sam Darnold is only worth $5 million this year. It's kind of a rental. It's kind of an audition. It's kind of a let's see what happens. And they are bold enough to think like that. And with that wisdom and with that thought process, I think they're taking Justin Fields here at eight. And it's going to sound crazy. I'm not on board with it at all. I think that with Sam Darnold, they could probably, I mean, and keep in mind too, Teddy Bridgewater is still on the Carolina Panthers. So then they would have three quarterbacks heading into the end of this round one heading into the night, but I'm going with Justin Fields here just based based on all the stuff that I say, the stuff that I hear from Carolina Panthers fans who seem to think that the Panthers are going to double dip here. It's crazy, but that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, see, I, I just don't like it. I mean, we won't we won't stick on this too long, but Sam Darnold, I think, is 23, 24 years old. This isn't a mid-career quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater, you got to move him around. He makes a good boatload of money. I mean, there's people in Detroit, too, that are saying, well, you, why don't you just still take the quarterback, and then you can figure it out. Like, I, I just don't see it. You're either ready to turn it over to a new guy or transition it, or you're not. And I don't know why you go get another young QB, and before you even see him hit the field, you're like, hey, let's put a guy right next to him and see who will win. Like, I like Matt Rule as a coach, but that just seems like kind of a, a backwards move to me or just not using your resources properly. So, I don't know. I mean, they go ahead, but at number nine, and speaking of a team that doesn't yeah. really know how to use their resources that well or can't find a quarterback, the Denver Broncos. I mean, how many bum quarterbacks have come through there? Good old John Elway. I mean, you think he'd be able to pick one or, or one would find you at some point. So, I'm going to help him out and give him my boy Trey Lance, quarterback North Dakota State. 6'3", 225 pounds, sophomore, balled out, can run, can throw. I just think you could pretty much turn the keys over to him quick and go just send Drew Locke on his way, even though like I like some of the swagger Drew Locke has, but I just think he's shown he can't do it at this level. I'm in agreement with you. Uh, at nine here, I was also thinking, you know, while Vic Fangio, maybe a Micah Parsons, he'd be a kind of guy that I think would be a great fit for them on their defense, go defensive on the side of the ball. But look, this is the Denver Broncos we're talking about here. Everything that you just mentioned is completely correct. Ever since Peyton Manning and even before that, they've never really had like a true vision at quarterback. It always just kind of feels like they're just throwing kind of shit at the wall or darts at the wall and just kind of hoping that it sticks. Drew Locke just so happens to be the, the the current incarnation of that Paxton Lynch before him and so on and so forth. So I think they just they feel like that they have to at this point. They have to take a quarterback in this position and it's going to have to be Trey Lance here at nine. And lo and behold, with our mock draft, my friend, all those quarterbacks, five quarterbacks in the top 10, like they talked about, they're all gone. Exactly. And and that's that's what I think so crazy is like. This is almost like a what I would do mock as well as what I think some of these teams will do because I just don't see it falling this way, even though this is what you see out there. It's kind of like as I was doing it, I'm like, where's my wild card? Where's my big move? But I couldn't find many fits. So, so I stick chalk here at 10 with Dallas. 
Dallas, you know, you got Jared Jones talking about Kyle Pitts and whatever other crazy. What's he? What is he talking about? Sugar plums and rainbow, or whatever he's talking about down there in Dallas. I think he's a little cuckoo, cuckoo. Uh, what's the name of what's the name of his strippers, or that, what are we talking about here? I don't. I don't know what Jared's doing. He has like three people that have talked him into good picks the last few years, so he can't go crazy. But I mean, I just see them doing it again, talking him off the ledge and taking Patrick Sertain, the cornerback. I liked what I saw from him, like at his pro day. He obviously went to a good school. So just go ahead and take your big need off the board. Uh, a very good to above average, not elite, but good to great corner right here at 10. Yeah. If you go to any mock draft right now on the internet, and if you scan back for three weeks, Sertan and the Cowboys have been linked together at 10, right? And again, this is another trade spot for a couple of teams. If all the quarterbacks are gone by this point, the Cowboys are going to take this pick. And just this seems to be pretty locked and loaded for quite some time right now. We do have some wide receivers on the board, but if the Cowboys take a wide receiver, uh, you know, they they put an injunction on Jerry Jones to take away the team from him. And uh, the sugar plums and the unicorns and all, and all the world won't be able to stop that from happening. So I see them taking the cornerback here for sure. Exactly. Like Dallas has a good roster on paper. They just haven't been able to win anything for like 30 years. <laughs> I don't even know like if I cared about their, football or what football sucks. was when they Let's were Let's be good. honest. Their defense sucks. Every year they think that every year we talk about the Cowboys and Sean Lee and their defense <laughs> is going to be good and all this other stuff. Their defense is terrible. Their offense is good and you just can't keep playing the the back and forth game that they've had to play these last couple of years. You know, they're a good offensive team, but on, on the defensive side and special teams, they're terrible. But, but that's what's crazy. They've taken like two to three linebackers. They've taken defenders up front. They've taken a couple corners. They never address safety. And like you say, they're Swiss cheese all over the defense. Like I, I don't even think some of their linebackers are going to hold up the next year or two. They're going to be out of the league. And they passed on this guy. At pick number 11, the New York Giants do what they do, which is just stay pat. They never trade. They never do anything exciting. They just take these old school football players that they think worked back 10, 20, 20 years ago, and they're going to take Mike up. Parsons, the middle linebacker, big old nasty beast, mm. because that's what uh, Gettleman does, and uh, he's going to be in the middle of their defense. So that's my pick at 11. Yeah, a lot of weird rumors about the Giants taking a wide receiver. Um, and I'm going to no go sense. with that vibe. I'm going to go Devontae Smith. I know they just spent a whole bunch of money in Kenny Galladay. Ugh. It's almost that problem. You know, the, the Bears suffer from this problem. A lot of NFL teams suffer with this problem of you're not really in love with your quarterbacks. So let's buy as many shiny jewels and, right. and baubles that we can surround him and hope to God that he isn't like a pile of crap. And I kind of think Daniel Jones is that pile of crap. And I think they they kind of make and I don't like this pick either. You know what I mean? You've already got a guy like Saquon. You already spent the money on Kenny Galladay. And I think now they, they're going to burn their first round draft capital on the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. See, we're definitely butting heads now because I just see there's no... Even if you are doing what you said, which is giving all the web, they have Galladay, John Ross, Shepard, Slayton, Ingram, Saquon Barkley. I mean, they don't even have room for another receiver. So I, I've seen that mocked as well, either him or Waddle, whoever's there. 
there's no way you can do that. It's an overuse of resources, and that just doesn't make sense with how they've already constructed their team. That's why I see a defender or, you know, maybe they help their line or something. But, yeah, I just can't see it. And, Joey, we said we're going to go rapid fire. I think we spent five, ten minutes on each of these picks. So uh, let me give you three in in quick form, and I want your rat-a-tat-tat back. So at 12 for the Eagles, I got Devontae Smith. They, They always take receivers. That's all they do. And like I said, it didn't work for the Giants. It's not working for the Eagles either. They're in cap hell and don't know what they're doing. The Los Angeles Chargers at 13, Christian Derrissaw. It's a slam dunk, perfect pick for them. Offensive line, protect the golden boy back there. Well, Justin Herbert needs to get the hair back too, man. He had the cool hair and then he went to some brush cut. He looked like he was 14 years old. Get, get the locks back, man. That, that's the way to go if you're playing quarterback and out there on the West Coast. And then 14 for the Vikings, I got Vera Tucker, the interior offensive lineman. And I'll give you one more before I let you run down your picks. That's 15 with the New England Patriots. Finally, this is where Justin Fields goes. Big old beast, him and Cam Newton. They'll probably just combo meal these guys and run you over half the time rather than even throw the football. Just monsters if they had those two guys uh, as quarterback options in New England. That's how you get it done, Joey, right there. That's four picks flying that's, through. Yeah, that's, some how you, juice. that's how you get it done. That's how you get it done, man. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, number 12 uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they take Jalen Waddle. I think this is where the Jalen Waddle spot goes. As you notice in the past with the Eagles and their offenses, they're always kind of looking for guys that are, you know, either speed, burner dudes, dudes that can kind of get, uh, you know, outside, all that other kinds of stuff. Number 13 with the pick, I'm sticking with Darison, man. I think that's a great call. I think that with, you know, Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert now, I think that they can kind of fortify that a little bit. The Chargers can be super dangerous next year. Number 14, I'm going with the Mike Zimmer, Mike Parsons, Micah Parsons. He's been on the board for me for too long. And they need to remake that that linebacker group. You know, they've kind of been shuffling guys sort of in and out a little bit. They've been losing dudes to free agency. Micah Parsons. And then number 15, because all my quarterbacks are off the board, I'm going to go with, and I'm going to get this wrong, the, the linebacker from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Did I get that correct? Did I get that right? Oh, you, you you nailed it. I didn't want to mess up your flow throughout those, but I did want to throw in a nice caveat with Philly. If they make that selection that you said, they will have Jalen, Jalen, and Jalen on that team. Jalen at quarterback and two Jalens that he's throwing to. <laughs> I mean, that that sells itself right there, even though they won't win many football games if that's their approach to uh, the NFL game. And uh, yeah, you nailed the linebacker. So I, I'm liking the pick. Joe, you, you, you're bringing some good knowledge. I, th- I think we're we're knocking this out. We haven't sh- we haven't shook up the world yet. We haven't made any ultimately crazy picks, but who knows how it's going to go down on Thursday, man? We're halfway through this thing. Yeah, halfway through. Uh, Bears on the board, right around the corner. Um, no trades. All quarterbacks gone. Now it just gets really interesting here. You know, defense and offense. I mean, and you know, there's going to be some running backs coming pretty soon. So make sure we get prepared for that too. Running backs? What? Uh, we're we're, we're going to get into all of it. And like I say, we're going to get our sponsors in here. We got a new great sponsor. If you love fantasy football, you got to go check out realitysportsonline.com. It's my most favorite fantasy platform to play on. You're talking contract leagues. You're feeling like a real NFL general manager when you join some of these leagues. As well as you got to hear about my other podcast, BLEAV on the Believe Podcasting Network, which also stars Joey Christopoulos on Believe in Bears, so many other, probably what, three, 400 other pods. So we're going to check out those sponsors as well as others, and we're going to come back and finish out this mock draft. Everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I am fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now... Most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. Everybody, I want to take a quick pause and tell you about my other Lions podcast. Now, you know, on this show, I serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid on Wednesdays and Fridays. But on my other podcast, that drops on Thursday mornings. That's called Believe. And that's spelled B-L-E-A-V in Lions. Believe in Lions with myself. And Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. That's right. Me and Benny Blades chop it up talking football. He's hilarious. He makes me laugh. We get in a bunch of arguments. And, you know... He talks about the you all the time. But Benny also talks about the Detroit Lions. He was a great player on the field. He has great stories. Love his football knowledge across the board. We have a bunch of fun. So everybody hit that subscribe button. Find it on your favorite podcast platform. Again, that's Believe in Lions, myself and Benny Blades on the Believe Podcasting Network. Check it out. We thank you so much for the support. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. 
What's going on, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers? We are back from the break. This is your host, Derek Oakery. Please go give me a follow on Twitter, at Derek Oakery. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. As well as hit that subscribe button here on the show. Share it with a friend. Uh, Great time to hear all types of draft coverage if you love the Detroit Lions. As well as just really happy to have Joey on the show today from the Believe Podcast Network. He does great work across the board, talking bears, talking all types of sports content. You can find him on Instagram. He's got videos going everywhere. So, I mean, just putting out great stuff, and we just love having him on the show. Me and him mix it up a little bit, and this is just a great time of year for draft football, and then before you know it, the season will be right around the corner. So, Joey, tell them where they can find you on IG or any of your other platforms, and we'll get this thing rolling. Yeah, Believe Podcast Network, as you mentioned before, B-L-E-A-V. I host a show called Betting Chicago and a show called Believe in Bears. Like you said, covering everything Chicago sports, but beyond that, we do sports, uh, we do movies, we talk a little bit of music, we kind of kind of mix it up a little bit. So everything and everything Midwest, y'all Detroit fans can get down with that, I'm sure. And you can follow me on Instagram at Crystal Poyos, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-O-L-L-O-S on Instagram. Crystal Poyos, Chicken of Christ, back to you, Derek, the second half of the first round. This is my favorite Instagram handle of all time. I got to admit, I would never make fun of it here on the show. That's for sure. But uh, like you say, we got so much more to get into on this mock. We we only made it to the, the first 15. We'll get the rest in for you here. And at 16, the Arizona Cardinals. To, to me, this team could go a lot of different ways. I really don't know what to think about the Cardinals. I, they're everybody's darling team because they got these flashy weapons or like Joey I, I, I don't know if you listen to this pod, but I listen to the GM shuffle sometimes, and they, they out of nowhere called uh, Kyler Murray. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They, they called him the uh, the mayor of Munchkin land, and it just made me laugh so hard. It's just like, I don't know why, but the way they said it just made me laugh. That's what I think about him. He's the mayor of Munchkin land. This <laughs> guy gets fired. all this. He gets all this love. And like, what's he done in the league? A few plays here or there. I mean, you win anything. You really done anything extraordinary. I think he's a mid-level quarterback at best. They're putting all these weapons. They got they got J.J. Watt coming back. I mean, they, I feel like they've lost a couple players here too so I don't know I don't love their team some people are saying this guy's going to be the MVP I wouldn't hold your breath on that one I'm giving them JC Horn cornerback because they lost Pat Pete but I I just don't know I I don't know if they're going to surprise me but I think they're just a lot of hype right now I'm in complete agreement with you. Good call. J.C. Horn, Patrick Peterson's on Minnesota now. They got to sort of fill fill that out a little bit. Let's be honest, their defense wasn't a shining star last year. J.J. Watt, I don't really think moves the needle that big. J.C. Horn, I think, is the pick for the Cardinals at 16. Good call. 17, the Oakland Raiders. Oh, wait, no, not Oakland. Las Vegas. Gosh almighty. What am I thinking? I just wanted to do Raiders so much. I forgot about the first part where they're located. So I I don't know what this team is doing either. I mean, the Las Vegas Raiders headed up by John Gruden. I mean, this guy's got a lifetime contract. We get it. But the way that he just ditches players, signs players, brings in names, gets rid of quarterbacks, falls in love with every quarterback. I mean, I like Mike Mike Mayock. I really do. But that's just a debacle over there I think I mean they're gonna win you know anywhere from six to seven games on a good year and 
I don't know. I'm just giving them Tevin Jenkins, big nasty offensive lineman, because for some reason they decided to just tear down their whole offensive line this offseason. What, are they just going to take like three to four offensive linemen in this draft and try to fix it that way? Because they waited till like the end of free agency and like, hey, let's just get rid of all these guys and, and start over, I guess. So I'm giving them a big nasty beast, but I don't know what they're doing again. Like, just makes no sense. This is a, a sneaky team, in my opinion, for a a very aggressive trade up for a quarterback, which will be fun, but it'll also be one of those moves where I'm just like, okay, yeah, that was exciting, but now you've given away all your draft capital and you got a quarterback, which you probably will not do ultimately well with, and you'll be right back in the same spot you're at now. So that's my take on the Raiders. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. I, I don't have like, you know, pro football focus in front of me, but I thought that they actually liked their offensive line and they had a pretty good thing going last year. And yeah, you're right, man. They completely dismantled the thing either through trades or cuts or moving on from all these different people. I'm going a little bit of a different direction. I'm going Elijah, Elijah Vera Tucker also on the offensive line too, as well. And I just think, you know, I, especially after the past couple of years, they haven't graded out super well in terms of their drafts. They took rugs in the first round last year. I think they maybe go on the safer side and they take Vera Tucker. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, de- decent player. Uh, you know, he's he's getting some buzz. He's just interior lineman, but I mean that would be a good piece for them. I don't know that it gets them over the hump or winning many ball games. Now, Joey, before we get to these next couple picks, are are you doing what I did? Are you going to push a couple players down to your uh, beloved Chicago Bears here with your next couple picks so that you end up getting your dream scenario? Or are you actually doing this legit? Because I I definitely uh, twisted a few things around there at the top so I could get my guy. <laughs> Well, if I wanted to twist things around, Jalen Waddle would still be on the board because at 20, I absolutely love that value and he's a perfect fit for the Bears. So no, not necessarily. Um, there is a gentleman that you have already drafted in your draft that I'm sort of kind of looking at at the Bears at 20 right now. But no, I have not. I have not pushed anyone. I've not pushed anyone down. If the Bears end up with Elijah Vera Tucker, I'll be pretty happy with that. Whether he can kick out to tackle is probably a conversation for another day, but uh, so, no, so far, so far, not so far. I'm not, I'm not cooking the stats, baby. <laughs> All right. I'm curious to see who you take because I don't want to get in a big argument with you here, but I got a lot of issues with your Chicago bears team, both personally. And then I just don't think they're going to be that good. So if they want to trade up with the lions, I'm more than happy to do so. Cause I think you guys would be definitely picking in the top 10 again. I hate to slam you here on the show with you being such a great guest, but that's my hot take on Chicago that this is not going to work with Andy Dalton and company. If they don't get it together and surprise me, they're going to be picking in the top five, top 10. I'm sorry to tell you. Well, let me ask you this. Let's just <laughs> say, you know, let's just say the Detroit Lions and the Chicago bears are on the phone together and they're talking a trade. Why can't we be friends? But uh, if they do that for you personally, what do you what package? What what would you want back from the Chicago Bears for them to move up to seven? What would make you happy as a Lions fan? Before I answer that, did you just do that so you could sing on the show? Is that is that what that was all about? Why can't we be friends? Uh, yeah, you're you're taking a big stinky doo-doo on my bears right now, and I'm just <laughs> I, I am it's calling you out. I don't know why, I don't know why it took my this hot take. Voice. Yeah, it was like a couple picks before. I'm like, let me just run down his team now and get him all hot before he has to make the selection. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want to move up, I'm, t- I'm, I'm taking your first. I, I don't even know if you have a second. You normally don't have many selections here in the NFL draft, but yeah, I want, like, if you're coming up from 20 to 7, I want, like, a 2 
two, a four in your first next year because, like I say, I can get more right. good football players. And like I said, I might be picking, depending on how my Lions do, which many people don't think will be good. I think they might surprise some folks. That could be two top eight, top ten selections. I mean, that those are the things that change franchises. So I would be betting my money on uh, – Pace and Nagy crumbling. But like I say, I, I don't want to throw you off your game here. You got a lot to think about here in a couple picks. I just thought I'd throw that out there and get you a little riled up here on the show. At, at pick 18 with the Miami Dolphins with their second number one pick. I mean, it sound great to have a couple number one picks. Oh, yeah, the Lions have those the next two years, as well as maybe more if Chicago or some other bum trades up and, and makes a mistake. So at 18, I mean, I got this guy. He's from the winningest program in college football. Benny Blades loves this music when I play it on Believe in Lions. That's Quiddy Pay. He's 6'4", 280 pounds. He can play edge. He can play interior. He's a, just an athletic monster. I mean, it might take a year or so to get, get him really rolling, but this guy's a beast. I mean, put him on your defense, let him roll. Yeah, I'm really torn here right now. So if you're a Dolphins, if you're a Dolphins fan, you know, you're super excited. You got a bunch of first round draft capital. If you're the Miami Dolphins, this is an opportunity here to take a guy, you know, a little early, right? Because you have the luxury to mess around. And I and I'm with you. I'm feeling defensive side of the ball, even though like deep down inside, I'm like, man, they could surprise the word world and take a guy like an Elijah Moore. Because they do need that receiver at some point. They do need more receivers besides just like Devontae Parker. You know, Preston Williams isn't going to really like do the job. But I'm going to stick with the board here. I'm going to say Jalen Phillips, uh, defensive end on this one, uh, 18 to the Dolphins. Oh, that's a great pick by you. I mean, staying home, this guy's an absolute freak. As long as he can stay healthy, which has kind of been his yeah. main concern, he's he's a beast. And I already took Jalen Waddle for them early. So they got they got plenty of exciting weapons for Tua, whether it be Fuller, Waddle, which I don't really love the player, but um, you know, another weapon as well as like like you say, I like Preston Williams. So, you know, they, they may be looking running back too. It's another spot either here or in the second round for running back. You said you're gonna get some running backs. I I, I don't know. I don't mind running backs in general, but they're really not going in the first round these days. So let's go ahead and get to 19, the Washington football team. I mean, for me, this is this is an up-and-coming team, to be honest. I like what they've done on defense. I think if they got aggressive and got a signal caller, they could have a really fun team when you're talking about McLaurin and Gibson and a young QB and the nasty beasts on defense and some of the other web, uh, you know, pieces that they have. They could surprise in the NFC, I believe, but I just have them sitting here, here in this mock and taking JOK. You did it so well earlier. I won't even replicate it, even though it's a great name to say. So give me JOK from Notre Dame, the linebacker here at 19. Yeah, I'm going to go with Caleb Farley here. I know that the back medicals have been a little weird, but it's at this point now where he's kind of slipped about those four, five, six spots based on that medical. You know, the dude is a high-end caliber player. Ron Rivera is still the head coach. They're not really a thousand percent sure what they want to do a quarterback. So I don't really see them going with like a wide receiver here or anything like that. I think they're going to go with Caleb Farley at 19. Interesting. So here we have come to the spot. I, I beat you up. I kind of just threw you under the bus. I, I gave your team a bunch of grief. Now you are selecting for your Chicago Bears. I mean, lots of holes. Let's be on lots. No. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and cue up the soundbite. You let me know when you're this ready. This is crazy. The Lions, the Lions in Vegas are over under five wins right now, and you're talking about holes on my team? Get out of here. <laughs> Oh, 
it's it's a it's a mess. I mean, you, you're just you're drinking that uh, that orange Kool Aid because they they're not good at a lot of spots. I'm sorry to tell you, I had to break the news to you here live on the show. What spots? What spots besides quarterback? What spots? Defense, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, you know, I don't I don't even love some of your running backs that you guys love so much. You, you don't have many. Uh, any, who's playing corner for you these days? I mean, I don't know what you got. <laughs> Tell me where you're good. It'd probably be fast. Well, that's a very, that's a really, that's a really, that's a really good point. Well, we're great on the defensive line. We have a Roquan Smith, who's a Pro Bowl uh, linebacker. We have an All Pro safety secondary guy named Eddie Jackson. We have an All Pro Bowler named uh, Allen Robinson. We've got a guy named David Montgomery, who was the number of what top three running back the final month of the season last year. We're not doing that bad. We're at seven and a half wins over under in Vegas right now, so it's not like we're like blowing you guys out of the water at all. But you're bringing up a really good point. Where's your quarterback? At Twenty now. Go ahead. Well, no, Sorry, go ahead. I mean, look, dude, quarterback. Look, you have Jared Goff as your quarterback, okay? Is he going to be your quarterback in five years? No, he's not. Is Andy Dalton going to be my quarterback in five years? No, he's not. The idea for the Chicago Bears is to make the situation on offense as attractive as possible for the next year when Andy Dalton is not our quarterback and we're either going back in the draft to draft a guy, maybe we're going to take someone this year or we're going to make a trade for someone. So a lot of people feel like Greg Newsom out of Northwestern, the cornerback is going to be the pick here at 20. I've seen that a lot in the mocks. That's kind of the flavor of the week for the Bears, Chicago, uh, Chicago Reach. Bears wise. I'm going with a guy that you took a couple of picks earlier. They're all kind of sort of changing uh, chairs a little bit. I'm going with Tevin Jenkins here for the Chicago Bears. Big, nasty dude. Is he going to get us two or three extra wins next year? No, but the, for the Chicago Bears, it isn't about next year. It's about the future. And when a franchise quarterback looks at our situation, they want to see Tevin Jenkins, a big, nasty dude in the offensive line, anchoring it. And I think that's where it starts. I also like the wide receiver depth in the second and third round, so we could always look in that area too as well. It's going to be a big, nasty man at number 20 for the Bears. <laughs> oh, man, I like getting Joey riled up here on the show. You can see his blood boiling here as we're talking because I'm always we always have so much fun. I'm nice, and here I'm just grilling his team, but I, I like that pick. You're, I never just, really you're get... just upset that we're both going to be bad next year, Derek. <laughs> both of our teams, I hate to break it to you, are going to be bad next year. So well, I understand. I understand. Uh, I'm here for you. We're in the same boat. I mean, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, you might be assuming oh, your man. team's going to be bad. I mean, I think I'd rather have Goff than Dalton. I'd rather have Swift than Montgomery. I'd rather have some uh, other players rather than those old bodies that you named You're off. You're running but... out of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was running out of a couple names. We're going to be bad. Thing. We're going to be bad, dude. You know what will be fun, though? It'll be like 30 to 28. Like uh, in in Detroit at Soldier Field in November, four minutes to go, and our two shitty teams will be battling it out for bragging rights. That'll be fun, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I I like your big, nasty uh, player. Before I make my pick for your squad, where would you put the trade percentage? Do you think, I mean, to me, the only way they could really salvage their squad and kind of take a big leap up, not only now, but for the future, this seems like a year to make a, a play for a QB. I think they could actually get their hands on Fields or Lance if they'd like to. They just have to they just have to go all in on something like that. I don't know if they have the time to do so as in regards to winning ball games, but do you see them making a play like that or is it just like nope, they don't have the capital and they can't this isn't the right time? Well, we've come to a point where I think we can now finally agree on what we want to make fun of because we both can make fun of Ryan Pace, I think, accordingly and aggressively as much as we want to. Now, let me tell you what I think is possible. Anything is possible, dude. Seriously. 
the fourth pick with Atlanta. I could see us trading our 20th and two first round future first rounders. We talked about moving up and playing with Detroit. I can see us burning first round draft capital. Me personally, personally, what I would do if I was in the seat, what I would prefer to see no first round draft capital. There's a threshold. When you play fantasy football, folks, it's called letting the play. Like you don't play like the play the board. Don't let the board play you. So if you get to like a quarterback, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, if they get to 10, 11, 12, 13, I think you're going to see the bears get really aggressive, really fast, because I think you can make a deal that doesn't involve first round draft capital. But again, you're right. If they traded with them at seven, the price is going to be huge. And dare I say, our general manager is the type of dude that would pay it. Not saying that that's what I would want to see, but I'm saying that is the reality. So if you're a Detroit Lions fan and you think that you can fleece the Bears on Thursday, honestly, keep dreaming because it's a reality. It could totally happen. I hope it doesn't happen, but it's possible. (laughs) Interesting stuff from you. I mean, I guess my big trade-up candidates are Denver, Washington football team, Raiders, Patriots, Bears, Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, those are my main targets there that I could see jumping up um, if possible. So, you know, good stuff from you. I guess I thought I did you a favor here. I mean, I was looking around your team again, a little bit thin, a little bit over the over the hill a little bit. And maybe in the rebuild stage coming up, you know, uh, could be a long road for for those Bears fans. Uh, But I thought, you know, this is a nice spot at 20 overall to take Caleb Farley, the quarterback from Virginia Tech. I I listened to somebody recently that said this guy's a top three player overall in this draft or any draft, the way that he moves, he plays the football, just his production at such an early age. I want to say the guy's, you know, 20, 21 years old, whatever he is. Yes, he has the medical issues, but this is a type of talent that you just don't find. So to get him at 20 is just a great big-time play by the Chicago Bears and like saying, hey, even if it doesn't work out, you know, this guy needs a year to get himself right. I mean, if he does, it could be just a slam dunk pick. I think anybody that gets Farley in the back half around one or there's even stuff about him going around two. I've seen so many of these cases where these guys oh, end up wow. being fine. You know, it's like there's all this talk and then they fall and then they end up fine. I mean, it was off the field. But remember uh, Matthew, Tyron Matthew coming out? There's all this talk when he falls around it's like three, four. And it's like he gets taken. He's a, just a choir boy basically mm-hmm. off the field and, and played great football. So I just see Caleb Farley, unless his back is totally screwed up, I see him just coming playing great and the team going, wow, we got him at like 24, 20 you know whatever it's going to be a great great steal so that's what i did for your bears i helped you out i gave you a real good ball player at a position of need at great value here late in round one someone to shadow danny danny amandola finally <laughs> no, your, your, your boy someone darnell mooney we no, talked dude, up I, so much i love the, i love the pick i think that's a great pick <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. I mean, Indy is a hard one for me, too. They definitely need an offensive tackle, but there wasn't anybody I liked at this point in the draft. So I went with Jalen Phillips, Edge from Miami. I do really like his game and feel like the guys in, in Indy, are, they just really take these productive, good football players. And he could be Edge 1, you know, coming off the board here at 21 to the Colts. So I thought that was good value there. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm going Quiddy Pay uh, that went a couple of previous picks in your mock. I'm um, taking him to the Indianapolis Colts just kind of fortify that area and hopefully Carson Wentz bounce back, bounces back with their offense. It's a big we'll see, but yeah, that's what I'm going with. 
this is an off the radar name, but Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame is a guy that like not many people are are that aware of that are casuals, but I I just feel like he's going to sneak into round one and could go to the Colts just because they're so needy at tackle, or I'm I'm shocked. I I'm actually looking at my mock Scott here. Retired. Yeah, and I actually have him going here at 22, to be honest, to Tennessee, which Tennessee has needs at cornerback. Um, you know, people have been talking about them taking like a Rashad Bateman at a wide receiver as well, but they off- they have offensive tackle needs as well, especially because they talk- took a tackle slash guard last year at the same spot that doesn't even, he's not even in the NFL anymore. <laughs> what a swing and miss on Isaiah, what was it, Wilson from uh, Alabama or um, Georgia, I think he was. I mean, just a debacle of a pick. So I went with Eichenberg here actually at 22. Yeah. And this is where I, I think I like Greg Newsom a lot from Northwestern. Again, another guy with durability issues. Um, I think That's that this pick. is probably where he flies off the board here. I got Newsom going uh, number 22. Yeah, it's a good fit. The New York Jets at 23. I mean, they took their quarterback and I've seen a lot of buzz about Travis ETN going here, but to me, it's like, it's such a Jets move. Yeah, that just uh, I didn't want to go there for the Jets. I was like, no, you know, don't go running back. You, you know, you can do that either in round two, three, wherever, but not now. So I wanted to get him. Hey, got a quarterback. What's the other thing that helps you win in the NFL? Pass rush. So this guy has some medical concerns here late in the game, but he's a real good football player when he's on the field. He's only a redshirt sophomore. Aziz Ojalari from Georgia was the outside backer rush player that I gave him. That's a good call. Now, again, 23, this is also a spot, too, as well, where if I'm getting this correct, I think like teams like um, the Buffalo Bills are looking to kind of trade up into this area. But, dude, man, this is still the New York Jets we're talking about right now. We're looking for buzz, and we're looking for a lot of stuff going on, and Zach Wilson's their quarterback. I'm going with Etienne here. I think they take him. I think they want to try and get the home run hitter. They have, I know, dude. I, I don't know. I don't like the pick, but this is the New York Jets we're talking about here. This isn't conventional wisdom, my friend. And I think our first running back is off the board at 23. Oh, he pulled the old okie doke on me, tried to like sell it as a bad move, and then he went and made the pick anyway. I see I see you working. So um <laughs> That's Jets football. <laughs> yeah, it has been. But like I said, I think they're getting back to, you know, building it right. And especially if they get hit on that quarterback, we'll see what they do. But um, 24, speaking of doing it right or getting it together, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they're always quality. Great regular season and then just kind of fell apart there in the playoffs. And towards the end of the year, they've got old Big Ben back there. You know, they've, they've got some interesting needs at like running back or some of their defenders. But if you're going to roll Ben out there with all these weapons at receiver and whatnot, I feel like the best thing to do is just get an offensive lineman. You know, they, they just lost Pouncey and some other guys on their O-line. So if this guy's medically okay too, I think it could be one of the steals, not like a flashy player, not a lot of sizzle like in New York that you just made with that pick, but give me Landon Dickerson from Alabama can play, can play guard, can play center, just a really good player. This guy could be all pro type in my opinion, if he's, if he's healthy. I've been thinking about this pick. For all those that are listening, my beautiful and lovely wife, she's a huge Steelers fan. I've been talking about this for a long time, and this one's going to make you really upset, my friend, because this is back-to-back running backs right here. I think they take Najee Harris. They don't have a running back right now. They straight up don't. And let me make a fun little other prediction for you right now. 
their backfield for week one. Pittsburgh Steelers will be Najee Harris, Anthony McFarlane, and Le'Veon Bell. I said it here first. I'm putting it down on paper. I'm giving you all a scoop. Um, I, they've had to figure that out for a long time. I, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's a great idea to try and fortify that offensive line. But really, what really fell apart for the Steelers last year was that they had they became one-dimensional. And it was just Big Ben just kind of sitting back there trying to chuck the rock around to Deontay Johnson and Juju and all these other players. And they couldn't, they couldn't run the ball. They just couldn't do it. And that's what they need to get back to. They need to take the load off of Big Ben and run the ball more. I think they take Najee Harris here. Joey dropping bombs on the show. Back-to-back running backs in round one. And the Steelers taking a running back in it's round crazy. one. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I I told a fe- fe- fellow Steeler fan that. Like, hey, you know, Najee Harris might be a fit. They're like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they, they wanted the big nasty lineman, which I ended up giving them the uh, perfect fit for the Steelers is the good old Landon Dickerson. But we'll see. That. I'm seeing Najee Harris get a lot of buzz. It doesn't seem like a Steeler pick to me. But we'll see what they do. Um, now, again, I, I don't know what you're thinking over here with these running backs. You've taken a lot of receivers. you got all these crazy dreams and visions of your Chicago Bears. I mean, I, I don't know if you lost your mind here. So I'm going to help fix you. And that's at number 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to give them Travis Etienne <laughs> running back. Uh, Clemson, beer him up with Trevor Lawrence <laughs> and do exactly what I've just beat you up here recently for the show. And that's get a running back in round one and get him to straight. his quarterback. <laughs> well, well, because, because dude, this isn't necessarily what we would do. This is a mixture, right? This is a cocktail of kind of what maybe yes. what we think we would do for them, but what we think that team would do. Right. And, and, yeah, and at l- that point, ATN uh, yes. at 25 pairing in with Trevor Lawrence, it's, it's tasty. It's it's probably my favorite pairing, to be honest, because as much as I didn't like your pairing of like the New York situation, I love this one because it's Urban Meyer. It's just all about speed. It's all about sizzle. It's all about just outflanking the other teams. So putting those two Clemson boys down there with all those receivers they have and just like... I just see that happening, even though you hear him talking about defensive line and this and that. Like, don't be surprised if he just goes all offensive skill speed players here early um, to get that rolling down there in Jacksonville. So we only got a couple more, man. I really appreciate you all your time. Hopefully this is fun for people listening to. Everyone's doing mocks. We could talk all about the Lions and I've talked a lot about the NFC North, but it's kind of fun just working our way through these picks. So at 26, the Cleveland Browns to me, Gosh, like, I just love what they've done the last few years, all these draft picks. You see it coming around to winning ball games. Everybody that listens to the Kool-Aid cast knows I love me some Baker Mayfield. Um, They've got weapons already. They've got nasty players on the edge. They've drafted some corners. They've got Delpit coming back at safety. Give me Christian Barmore from Alabama. Put him in the middle. Let him just eat quarterbacks while the edge players eat quarterbacks as well. So I, I didn't really see where I wanted to add, so I just added a big nasty up front for them. Yeah, that's a great call for me at 25 with Jacksonville. We're almost like on the exact same page. I'm going to go with Elijah Moore there, kind of a slot receiver, a guy that can maybe catch as a rookie 60, 70 balls from Trevor Lawrence and kind of make life a little bit easier on him moving forward. And then at 26, I'm going to stick with you, man. I love Christian Barmore. Just kind of watching his tape. He's pretty nasty. They got a nasty offensive line, maybe a little bit more bite on that defensive line, maybe allow a little less points next year. And the Browns might be a contender. Kind of crazy. We say it every year, but they, they definitely have one of the more talented squads 
um, I've seen in a Cleveland Browns uniform perhaps in my lifetime. I, I really like your Elijah Moore pick because he's quickly becoming, you know, one of my favorite players throughout the draft. Just his crazy speed, his production. I've seen a couple of interviews with him. He just seems like a guy that has like, you know, top level receiver written all over him, like a new age, better Jarvis, you know, type of player. So I like you put him to yeah. Jacksonville and even like. You know, we've got Bateman on the board. We've still got Kadarius Tony on the board. Like, that's how I see it going down. I see Elijah Moore being that guy and those other guys falling into, like, the late round one, round two area. So I love that you did that there. It's good stuff. Yeah, and if I can interject real quick, this is probably the first time I've probably cooked the draft because I do not want Elijah Moore on the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. <laughs> I find that to be a little bit unfair. Now I'm not a Tom Brady hater. I love greatness and everything, but man, that is like, that is like, it feels I'm watching this dude. It looks like a match made in heaven to me all of a sudden uh. with like Evans and Godwin and then Elijah Moore. I don't know. That's just too much for me to take. They're still in the NFC. Uh, I had to, I had to put Elijah Moore on a different team. <laughs> All right. I like the honesty as well as like, I don't know how Tampa Bay's done it, but they just have a fantasy team out there. It's crazy what they put together and they're still good. Like at the old line, they still got a bunch of good defenders. I don't know how they've worked that cap and all that, but they've, they've, they've worked some good fantasy football drafting down there in Tampa Bay. So we'll get to them there here in a moment. The Baltimore Ravens at 27. I mean, one of my favorite teams drafting when they had Ozzie Newsome. And it's like every year I would crumple up my sheet and just be like, why, why didn't we just do what, what, what Baltimore did. They always end up with three, four studs. They always get people at crazy good values. They even get like guys late that come around at your two, three and end up being studs. So I gave them what I feel is like the perfect Baltimore player here at 27. Zaven Collins from Tulsi, 6'4", 270 oh, plus pounds now. He could play linebacker. You call him an edge. He can cover. He's just that nasty player that Baltimore will put like a number four 40 something or 50 on his back and he'll just be a all pro before you know it. Uh, I'm going Rashad Bateman here. I think they probably need to do something to show the fan base and the organization that they need to get Lamar Jackson more help. I feel like, you know, Terrace Marshall is another guy here that I like a lot for this spot, but just seems like Rashad Bateman across the board has a little bit, you know, better, higher ranking. They're kind of similar players, but I'm going Rashad Bateman to the Baltimore Ravens. How many more help favors they got to do there they, they've taken so many receivers like i see that in a lot of mocks and i'm like what are you just every year you're gonna take another receiver there in baltimore that's totally not their game until the last couple of years and they have been doing that until a lot they get it so, right i guess i guess I, well, I yeah they just, were they were in on the kenny galladay money too right i i would like julio there julio to baltimore would be a bigger play to me than drafting another guy but Julio seems like a raven to me, but <laughs> I, I would actually just like go back to what you used to do, which is just get nasty defenders. And then they always just were more than serviceable on offense anyway. So I don't know. We'll see what they do. They got another pick coming up based on a trade they made, but at 28 to the saints, this is where I put your boy, Greg Newsom. I just feel like that's their top need on the board. Basically as a corner, this guy's a good football player. I had to put him here later in the round, but I kind of like the fit here. Yeah, for me, you know, I'm not really sure what the Saints want to do necessarily. I just feel like that they're going to do some sort of value play here. Um, I see Trevon Morig from TCU. The safety's still on the board. That's definitely a possibility. Um, but I'm probably going to go with a guy that you just picked a second ago. I'm going to go with Zaven Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. 
I mean, without Drew Brees, it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy year with Jameis Winston. I think the idea for them is to buy in on more defense. They have a talented defense, buy in more defense and try and protect an offense that might be a little bit more up and down than they're used to. I'll be curious if the Saints fall off the map because, you know, they've had such a good roster, but their cap's in a situation. You're losing a Hall of Fame leader at quarterback. I could see them taking a tumble um, the next couple of years and having to totally re- restructure at or 29. Like a, a, a season from hell, right, where, like, Kamara gets <laughs> right. hurt, the quarterback oh, yeah. isn't very good, and they're just, like, they're talented, but they don't have a good year. Exactly. And a team that I would love to have that same absolute – blow up just debacle just everything goes wrong I don't know maybe a couple injuries maybe a quarterback or something um the Green Bay Packers here at 29 so I see their needs again offensive line corners you know maybe the defensive line you could still use help at linebacker I mean they got all these needs even though they they won 13 game we get it like your boy back at quarterback had the year of his life. I don't know what's going on there. I haven't heard that he's a Jeopardy full-time, even though I was rooting for that on a previous show when I've had you on. Um, I'm going to do him and everybody else a favor and just give them something that they never do, and that's a receiver because I'm tired of hearing about it, and I feel like I'm tired of hearing the bitching and moaning from uh, number 12 there. So go ahead and give him Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. feels like a guy that I could see in a Packer uniform, and he's a hell of a player. So I'm going to do that even though I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to do it either, but I'm going to give him Kadarius Toney, um, a guy that can kind of play off Devontae Adams, that little quick, you know, home run hitting type dude, maybe try and get back to the Randall Cobb type of vibe that they had previous. I'm probably I'm going to give him Kadarius Toney and I hate it. Yeah, I, I, I hate it, too. But like I say, receivers that I don't know, maybe that, that could backfire or help us in our teams, because sometimes those don't work out. Everybody wants to take these flashy receivers where you could take a, a more, you know, meat and potatoes position. But Kadarius Tony to me, just does not seem like a Green Bay guy. He seems like a guy that needs to be on the West Coast, Florida, mm-hmm. Georgia, somewhere like that, where mm-hmm. he can just be in a nasty player. I don't see him up there in the cold doing his thing. But I got Tony, uh, you know, gosh, I say that, and, I, and I'm looking ahead here in my mock. I got Tony going to Buffalo. <laughs> what am I doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> another, uh, <laughs> I was going to say another. Tampa Bay. Well, Tampa Bay, obviously, <laughs> I think Tampa Bay would love a guy like an Elijah Moore, but if he's off the board, I think Kadarius Tony can definitely be a spot for him for sure. Uh, I don't know why. I guess I just did that. It was a top need. I thought maybe him and Diggs would be boys, <laughs> but I hate that fit. That's a terrible pick by me. Go ahead. Uh, so wait, 30s Buffalo? Yep. Uh, so 30 Buffalo, I'm going to go with um man, this is getting this is getting weird at this point. I don't think they would take a receiver. I'm gonna go with um uh I'm gonna go with Asante Samuel Jr. I'm gonna go cornerback. Oh, that's good. Um, I think we're you know just keep fortifying that defense. Hopefully, get Zach Moss back. I do think though the Buffalo, honestly, because I think Etienne and Najee Harris are going to go somewhere in those twenties. I think Buffalo is going to move up, and I think they're going to take one of those guys. So this pick might seem a little false. So I'm just going to go with Santa Samuel, kind of the best guy on the board right now defensively. Gosh, I say good pick, but then you ruin it because. 
You can't have Buffalo going back to running back again when they took Zach Moss. They took Singletary round two. What they gonna take another running back this year and then one in next year and the year like you can't just keep taking bodies, especially at a position like that. That yeah, I just don't see that. They they always go nasty defense. I love your pick of Samuel. He feels like a guy that McDermott would love, and you just go up there and and be a great piece on defense. They already got a good O up there. Give the ball to Zach Moss. Let him run over fools. Yeah, no, All right. I, I agree. For some reason, they the, the the rumors are that Buffalo thinks that they're running back away from winning the Super Bowl, and I disagree with that completely. But I, I would just wouldn't be surprised if they tried to do that. All right. We'll see what happens. So we'll finish this out. 31, Baltimore. My quick opinion on that trade was good for Kansas City that they've totally rebuilt their whole offensive line. I mean, we'll talk about the Raiders tearing it down. The dang Chiefs have got rid of everybody and added all these studs. They've got all these all pros now on the O line to just protect the Golden Boy. So they added another one. And like for me, that's great value for Baltimore. Getting a guy, getting a round one and some of these other pick swaps that they got, as well as they already got a tackle, right? Stanley's over there and they just brought in another vet. They got the villain away. So like that was just a nice trade, in my opinion, to get first round value. Even if the guy plays great for the Chiefs, I still think it was good on both sides of things. I don't know. I kind of ran out of uh, love options I love, but their op- top need was an edge guy. And I was just kind of like, I see this guy kind of tumbling into round two, but because we're here at 31 and because it's the Ravens, who I feel like can always get the best of these guys, I went ahead and gave him Gregory Rousseau from the U. There you go, Benny Blades. Like I mm-hmm. feel like they could just figure out how to use him, let him hunt quarterbacks, and he'd probably end up being way better on their team than anybody else. And uh, a guy that's still on my board that actually won a bunch of picks before you, and I and I, I like him a whole lot, just hasn't worked out yet, is trade Orlando Brown. What do you do? Just go get Liam Eikenberg at number 31 and just plug him in as your tackle and just start that uh, that clock, that rookie contract clock all over again with a tackle. And I see them going with that at number 31 for the Ravens. Okay. Put him on the right side and Stanley over there on the left. Uh, like I said, they did add a couple vets here recently, so they may have filled that void already, but I, I like your thinking there. So at 32, to end this dueling mock here where we went through all the picks, we tried to give you lots to think about before the draft hits. You'll probably be hearing this the day before. We all can't wait till the draft kicks off to see what our Lions do, see what Joey's Bears do, see who's moving up the board, down the board. Joey... At 32 to the world champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by Tom freaking Brady. You know where you know where Tom Brady went to college, Joey? You want to know? Michigan. Oh, yeah, you know it. Let's see. I got the, I got the music, which I already played for Quiddy Pay. This is a classic Michigan bit, too. I'll fit Jim in. Harbaugh, the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> let's go blue so i mean you got tom brady switched teams in a pandemic year he went down he won a super bowl he's got mike evans he's got godwin he's got gronk he's got all these running backs from all these high picks that didn't work out he's got nasty players on defense elijah moore old miss to Tom Brady, your worst nightmare. Yeah. It's perfect. The guy's a beast. I mean, it's it's such a luxury pick. It just doesn't even do luxury picks justice to be able to get this guy at this spot with the team he already has. Absolutely ridiculous. Give him another ring. Yeah, I had, 
Yeah, I had Elijah Moore going number 25. Um, so he's not on the board. You're the Super Bowl champs. You have the luxury to reach if you want to. So I'm just going to kind of go with the next best thing. I'm going to go 2-2 Atwell. Little 5-9 oh, little, no. little explosive little firecracker. <laughs> Look, man. So here's the deal, right? You know, dude out of Louisville, super fast. Obviously, they wanted to get something going with Scotty Miller last year, and we all know that Brady needs that guy, that slot receiver that can take those two steps after he reads the defense and catch the football and get those couple extra yards. Unless Julian Edelman comes out of retirement, which, cough, cough, you probably will. Um, I think they need probably someone on the inside a little bit with some more speed, and I just think they had a dimension that probably is something that they don't necessarily have right now. And I could see them reaching and grabbing someone like that over a guy like a Terrace Marshall, who I like a whole lot, but he's basically what, like a Mike Evans version, you know? Joey, I'm here to tell you, I love the name Tutu Atwell. I totally dislike the player Tutu Atwell. I think he should tumble down the board. I wouldn't even take him in the first few rounds, to be honest, other than his speed. I don't like anything else about him. I think he's getting way too much hype. Big time reach by you, kind of like you did with your Bears at number 20 with the guy you picked there. Reach. No, I'm <laughs> but, Tevin uh, Jenkins, the guy that you took, you took him before. <laughs> what are you doing? Wait, real quick. Uh, you know who the guy that, you know, the guy that I'm obsessed with, the, the guy that I love a whole lot, which I really do hope falls to like the Bears in the second round or something. Similar, we're talking about wide receivers right now. Of all the guys that I've watched that I am super impressed with and I think will be awesome in the NFL and no one knows it yet is Rondale Moore. I love Rondell Moore. What the dude just ran like a four two nine forty, and he's explosive. He loves to get hit. He loves to hit people. And I just like you look at his draft profile, and everyone says that like he loves the game. He's gritty. He's got heart and all this stuff. And now all the physical traits are coming into line. I just think that's one of the guys that like slips between the cracks. I love Rondell Moore. I, I like me some Rondell Moore too. He's a little short, you know, but uh, he should be able to overcome it. I, I don't know if he's going to be the Sme- Steve Smith type, like everybody says, but he's got some of those qualities. The, the, yeah. A couple players that I want for the Lions. What if he's like a Tyler Lockett? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. I like that. Um, round two, I think the Lions have a huge hole at safety. So if what, if uh, what if number are you guys? is there. We're picking at 41 and right there at the top, kind of around two as well. So, you know, Merrick, if he got there from TCU, I would like. There's also a lot of times in mocks where I'm getting, uh, gosh, who am I getting around two? There's like some of those good linebackers, whether it be Baron Browning, um, who else mm. do I like in round two? Even some of these defenders that we mentioned, like if the Lions end up going big offensive linemen but get a big player on defense in round two, either in the front line or, or safety, like I said, I think that would be nice. Um, just a really nice linebacker core throughout, though. So even though there's some good backers, I'd kind of wait. You know, maybe in round three you could get a linebacker and let it roll. But I, I'm just a big proponent when this draft rolls around, man. I'm going to be making my picks live when the lines are on the clock. We'll see what I come up with as well as like say i know you'll be you'll be talking all about it with your bears so joey like i knew we were gonna go kind of long on this show but i mean worked our way through the first round lots of good talk back and forth um you know agreed on some had to fight it out on some i i thought it was a fun show man it's it's crazy the draft is so close and it's like my favorite event of the year but i'm like i'm just so ready for it to start i want to see where these players go i want to look at my mock and just see how much a mess it is come you know thursday it's just going to be totally different i think than we have it shaken out here today but 
It doesn't mean it's going to be better. I think me and you made some good picks and gave some people some good content here. So appreciate it. Well, Derek, man, such a pleasure and an honor to always be on your show, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, dude, super, super fun. I can't wait for the NFL draft. I wish it was already here right now so we had some answers. I think I probably on the bear side have more anxiety than you guys probably have. You know, you guys are kind of you're sitting a little pretty. You got a new regime. You got the seven pick. You got a lot of options. My final thought for you, though, we were talking a lot about bears and lions, maybe trading with seven and 20. What I keep saying on my show is I don't think the bears are going to do any trades in the first round, but watch out for them in the second round. We're at pick 52. You're at pick 41. So just because the bears and lions don't consummate a trade in that first round, don't exactly rule it out for that second round for the Bears maybe moving up. If they get the offensive tackle in the first round, they're going to go, I think, wide receiver or secondary in the second round, flip-flop it if it works out the other way. So just keep an eye on that. We could still be making deals. Stuff could still happen, and the Lions could still end up with more draft capital further down the draft. Very intriguing. I, I like you leaving us with that. I, I guess what I'll leave Lions fans with here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast is just like, this is a new regime, new head coach with a lot of fire, new new GM, really seems to know the draft and be open to all types of options, seems to have a good head on his shoulders. I think Lions fans really just want to come out of this draft with a player that they can get excited about, regardless of position, somebody that can actually show up on Sundays, make plays, be a cornerstone for this team. I know that you need offense and you need this, that, and the other in today's game, but the Lions need to be leaving this draft in the first few rounds with cornerstones of this new team they're building. And I'm curious to see how they'll build it. I'm Mm -hmm. thinking that it's going to be very exciting when it's all said and done to really see the new shape of the Lions. Some holdovers as well as some of this new blood um, really have a better hold on what this team is going to be. And like I say, it's all about what they do on Sundays. And Lions fans are real excited now, and I think it's only going to ramp up after Brad Holmes and Dan freaking Campbell kill this draft and get it done for the Detroit Lions. And everybody can fill up their glass and proudly drink that Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah, all day, every day. Drink it in, man. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. Joey, appreciate having you on. We have you on next time. Me and you will be reviewing what our teams did. We'll talk about everything that happened in NFC North. Everybody, I'll be back on Friday recapping what the Lions and all the other teams did, but mostly focus on the Lions for the Friday Kool-Aid Cast, so don't miss that. That's going to be a tremendous show. I might even have live reaction. I might record as the pick's coming in so you can hear exactly what I thought the moment it went down. We'll see what happens, but catch me Friday. We'll catch Joey when he comes back on and keep drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. So everybody, thanks so much for listening. Take care. We're out. Drink it in, man.